You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. What does it mean to be sanctified? Find out in week three of our series entitled Set Apart. Listen to this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. And we're continuing on our preaching on set apart. Everybody say set apart. How many of you here are set apart for God? Can you please raise your hand? You have been set apart. You are a holy person. You are somebody who's been redeemed by God. Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, holy ka. Holy ka. Yeah, you are a holy person uh, in the Lord because of what Jesus Christ did. Okay? Not because of anything we have done in the past. So, just for us to be able to understand where we're going... Uh, for four weeks, we've been talking about the holiness of God. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about that God is a holy God. He hates sin. And it's only through the work of Jesus Christ that we can be made holy like Him. Last week, we talked about justification. Uh, you know, uh, in justification, we were made holy and righteous in Christ. It's a position that we have in the Lord. Once you have put your faith in the finished work of Christ, how many of you know that you are a holy person? You're redeemed. Your spirit is saved. You are born again. We're going to talk about this more uh, in in the preaching. Today, we're going to talk about sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. How many of you need to be sanctified? How many of you need to be sanctified every day? How many of you know that every day we get dirty? How many of you take a bath every day? It's, It's kind of like that analogy, okay? You go out there. You know, you, uh, you know, go through pollution and then you take a bath every day. The work of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of sanctification in our lives. So in sanctification, we are made holy with Christ. Though we are perfect in our spirit, our soul is being sanctified every day. And the last, uh, next week we're going to be talking about glorification and it's actually becoming like Christ. So just to keep, give us a quick review on justification... Okay, the three things that we need to remember about justification is we were made right with God. Though we were sinners in the past, because of the finished work of Christ on the cross, when you put your faith in Him, how many of you know that we are made righteous before the Lord? We are in right standing before the Lord. In the eyes of God, you're no longer guilty. Okay, you're no longer a sinner in His eyes because of what Jesus Christ did. He paid the penalty for our sins. We were made right with God. That is what justification is all about. Justified, never sin. Okay? Second is, He rescues us from the wrath of God. And how many of you know that God is mad with sin? God is angry at sin. And so, He punished sin. He doesn't want to, you know, he's, he's patient with man. But because of what Jesus Christ did, He rescues us from the wrath of of God. And thirdly, he reconciles us back to him because sin basically put a separation between us and God. You know, remember Adam and Eve in the garden? You know, when they ate the fruit? Have you ever wondered what that fruit is? That's probably Philippine mango, right? You know, it's so good, so sweet. You know, so Eve was so tempted to eat that mango. And so she took a bite and they were separated from God. But yet, at that time, God, in His mind, already had the plan to reconcile us back to Him. And He did that through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So He reconciles us back to Him. How many of you are glad that you have been reconciled back with God? Amen. 
you know, that we have a relationship with the Lord, that we are made children of God, that we have been adopted in His family. And so that is the benefit that we have uh, as, we have, as we have been justified uh, well, well, by God. Okay? So the, he, here's an interesting thing about the cross. You know, how many of you know that it's only through the cross that we are forgiven? Isn't it? It is only through what Jesus Christ did on the cross that you and I have been forgiven. No amount of good works can actually forgive us from our sins. Growing up, I thought, you know, if I can only, you know, have more good deeds to outweigh the bad things, I think I can be forgiven. More right than wrong, I can actually have, you know, penance or pay the penalty for And I realized none of our things that we have done in the past that is good is ever acceptable before the Lord. Only what Jesus Christ did on the cross are we forgiven. And this is the equation. One cross plus three nails equals forgiven. Ah, okay, Bilan. Okay, accountant, kasi ako kaya you know I think in those terms. Let's move on. You know, it's only for the finished work of Christ. It took one day for Him to pay the penalty. For all man's sin. There are 7 billion people in the planet today. And I don't know how many live before this time. But his death on the cross was more than enough to pay the sin of all mankind. Those who live in the past, those who live now, and those who will live in the future. Amen. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. We have been made perfect before the Lord because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We have been forgiven. Now that we're saved, you know, the Apostle Paul basically said in Romans chapter 7, for what I do is not what I want to do. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. In other words, you know, there's a song that came out, gusto kong bumait, pero di ko magawa, di ba? And we've heard of that several times. And how many of you still have bouts with temptation every single day? Can you please raise your hand? How many of you will be honest with me? I'm raising up two hands. Though we were justified, though we have been forgiven, though we have been saved, though we have been redeemed, though we have been made right with God, how many of you still have struggles with temptation in your life every single day? How many of you still get mad, get impatient, you still have unforgiveness? You still have lust. You still have, you know, um, you know, bitterness in your heart. Diba? You pray for your enemies. Lord, kunin mo na sila lahat. Diba? You wipe them off the face of the earth. I mean, we, we have all these struggles every day. And this is actually like a rivalry inside our heart. It's kind of like, you know, the rivalry between Celtics and Lakers back in the 80s and 90s. You know, those of you who are younger, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But that's Larry Bird, I think, and Magic Johnson. Or how about Jollibee and McDonald's? That's a rivalry there, right? Or Pepsi and Coke. There's a rivalry between Pepsi, the choice of a new generation. You know, that was an old ad. Or Coke is it. Or Coke as like, that's an old ad. Or a rivalry between the, you know, phones. 
iPhone 6 or Galaxy whatever, S5 or whatever. Rivalry. Or rivalry between schools. I'm so glad to see the choir wearing green this morning. I think it's prophetic. Anyway, we're gonna taste another championship this year. <laughs> and I'm wearing blue. Anyway. <laughs> so rivalry. And a rivalry between what? Flesh versus the spirit. How many of you feel this? Though you want to, you know, obey God and you want to, you know, the, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, sometimes we tend to give in to the things of the flesh. Though our spirit wants to obey God and wants to obey what the Word of God says, yet there's a struggle. And how many of you know that as long as we are here on earth, there's always going to be a struggle? How many of you have a body still? Can you please raise your hand? You did not walk in here as a spirit. Anybody here walk in here as a spirit? Can you please touch the person beside you and just check out, you know, check out if that is not a ghost or if he is still possessing his body. Okay, so rivalries. And we're going to talk, going to talk about that sanctification work of God today through the work of the Spirit in our lives. I'd like to invite everyone to stand with me. We're going to be reading from Romans chapter 6. Romans 6, verse 19 to 23. And I hope we get to understand that though we're perfect in the Spirit, God is still renewing us you know, in our soul. Romans chapter 6, verse 19 to 23. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitation. By the way, this is from the ESV Version. Everybody say ESV. Yes. Essentials of victory. Okay, we used to say NIV, necessary victory. Now essential. You know, we're we're shifting slowly because ESV is more the standard right now. Uh, you know, in in the in the biblical world, and uh, when you download ESV from your whatever digital device, it's consistent. Uh, NIV. Sometimes you download it. You don't know if it's NIV 84, NIV 2011, the NIV. So. Uh, we're, we're making a, sh- a, a slight shift, okay? or actually it's a big shift uh, among our churches from NIV to ESV. Okay? So just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to what? To righteousness, leading to sanctification. For when you were slaves of sin... You were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed of? For the end of those things is death, but now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to what? Sanctification. And its end, eternal life. So here we can see kind of like the process. We've been saved. The fruit you get is sanctification. It will lead to eternal life, glorification in the future. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you so much for the eternal life that you have given each and every one of us. We thank you, Lord God, for the work of the Spirit that constantly sanctifies our soul. Lord, we submit to you our mind, our will our emotion today. We thank you, Lord God, that indeed you are renewing us constantly. 
We thank you, Lord God, for the promise that one day we, we shall be like you. And Lord, we thank you, God, even today as we talk about these things, we ask for your wisdom, we ask for your understanding. Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. You know, God's not done with us yet. Amen. Though we're saved. And it's interesting to, you know, look at His plans for us. You know, if it, does, if it was His intention for every one of us to go instantly to heaven, then the moment we got saved, He should have just zoomed us out from this planet, right? Or if He want us to help you in the next Victory Weekend in baptism... We will just baptize you for about 30 minutes, and off you go straight to heaven. I mean, if that's the plan of God. But that's not the plan of God. The plan of God is for us to be saved and to stay here for a while. And while we are here, He is constantly working in our lives. And how many of you are glad that God is not giving, us, uh, giving up on us? I mean, we are just so, sometimes we are just so, in Tagalog, kulet. So kulet, you know. We're so, you know, sometimes hard-hearted before the Lord. And yet, in His forbearance, in His patience, He's continuing to work in us. You know, I always, you know, always refer this uh, to the, the sanctifying, the, the, the processing work of God in our lives. And how does that happen? You know, we're looking at this particular verse in uh, verse 19b. And it says, So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. And that's from the ESV version. In the NIV version, it says, leading to holiness. So here we see that these two words are the same. That yes, we are holy when Jesus Christ pay the price for us. When we receive Jesus Christ in our life, we are made holy before the Lord. That is justification. Yet there's an aspect also that we are being made holy, and that is the process of sanctification. Are you getting it? Are you not confused? We are already, everybody say already, but not yet. Already, but not yet. Tell the person beside you, you are already, but not yet. You are already holy, but not yet. There is still something that God is doing in our lives. How many of you know that God is not done with us yet? Tatapusin ka rin ni Lord, right? God's gonna finish us. I mean, God's gonna, it doesn't sound right. God's gonna finish His work in us. He who started the good work in us will be faithful to complete it. Amen. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. He is working in us. And what is this word sanctification? You want to focus in on this word sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. You know, it's, uh, it's a religious term. It's a theological term. But I want to talk about the what, the how, and the why we need to be sanctified. And this is rather a simple message. I hope that we get to understand what this really means. And when we go out there, we're, we're going to be 
you know, confident that God is definitely working in us, though sometimes we act strange and we act different, and we want to see righteousness, you know, done in our daily lives. There's a constant battle that is in us. So, what is sanctification? Sanctification is the everybody say uh, everybody read this. Okay, sanctification is the progressive work of God in making us holy resulting in a changed lifestyle for the believer. Now, how many of you can honestly say that from the time you got saved, there is something that changed in your life? Can you please raise your hand? Something changed. Not all, but something changed. You know, uh, your, your language maybe changed. Your ability to be more patient changed. How many, how many of you are now more patient? <laughs> but how many of you had a change of vocabulary? I think it's the, one of the first things that God changes in us, right? The language. He changes the words and the jargons that we say. You know, I used to, when I was in high school and college, I used to say a lot of bad words. And I don't mind saying a lot of bad words. The more bad words I say, the more in I think I am. I curse. I, you know, I, I say whatever, whether it's English or Filipino. I know everything. Sometimes I mix Spanish. <laughs> so it's a bit creative, the P word. But, you know, when, when we get saved, we notice that there's something that happened in us. What used to be acceptable then is no longer acceptable now. Our practice before that we were proud of, now we're ashamed of it. Isn't it? I hope you're not proud anymore of the things that you've done when you were still a sinner. Ah, before I was a sinner. Man, I was just, I'm drunk every night. Now no more. Every day in the lung, you know. <laughs> and I hope we're not glorying or glorifying the past as if you know, that is, has more bearing in our testimony rather than the finished work of Christ in us. Sanctification is so important. And I'm going to give you a picture of the three stages that we have in sanctification, justification, okay? Okay, for example, our Pambansang Kamao, Manny Pacquiao, okay, justification. Okay, he got saved. How many of you that Manny got saved? He got born again. He had a change of heart. So he's justified. His old lifestyle was changed. You know, before, you know, he got a bad marriage. He's, you know, I think it's public knowledge that he spent his money on, you know, drinking, girls, casino. But there's a change of heart. You know, he was suddenly just changed. So there's a Repentance that happened. Repentance means metanoia. It's a change of mind leading to a change of heart. And so the first thing that happened to Manny was justification. And now he is going through the process of what? Sanctification. How many of you are still going through the process of sanctification? God's working on us. God's working on him. God's working on me. Okay, so we're reading the word. We're obeying the word. But yet sometimes we still fail God. But yet God is constantly renewing us. And one day we will all go through this process of glorification. Okay? 
nakatoksido na, di ba? So as a sanctified man, he ran for Congress. So I'm not sure if that's the will of God, but somehow, you know, he's there, okay? Who knows what will happen in the future? I don't know his plans in the future, but when you talk about glorification, glorification really is the future state that we have with the Lord when Jesus finally comes back. So in justification, we are saved. Our spirit is saved. Everybody say saved. Justified. Okay? Spirit, that's the work of God in our spirit. We are all spiritual beings. When God said, I will make man in my own image, what did he make us of? In the image of God is spirit. He doesn't have a body. Until, you know, he took the form of a man, which is Jesus Christ. But God is spirit. We worship him in spirit and in truth. So our saved part is the spirit. And we are still being saved. Our soul part. Our mind. How many of you have a mind? How many of you have a slightly used mind? <laughs> Hopefully, we're maximizing our mind every day. It's a mind thing. We have a will. How many of you have a will? Diba? You know, you, you want to do this. I will do this. You know, there's a will that you have. I will go to church. I will eat lunch after the pastor preaches. Okay? Or I will go here. I will lead my family. In the ways of God, will. Or sometimes, I will compromise. Or I will. You know, there's a will. There's a battle of wills. Emotions. Mind, will, emotion. That's part of the soul realm. How many of you sometimes have emotions that are, that are so erratic? Ang bata mo pa naman, wala ka pa namang, you know, you know, PMS or whatever, I don't know. You know or, you know, uh, what do you call this? Hot flashes, okay? You know, and you have, you know, have uh, erratic emotions based on circumstances. We're worried about things. We're anxious. We're scared. We're, we're angry about things. Emotions. It's our part of us. And then our body. Our body will ultimately be saved. This body that we have right now is not a perfect body. Obvious ba? But one day, when Jesus finally appears, what will be glorified really is the body that we have. Those who passed away ahead of us, they will rise up in the newness of life with the Lord. You know, no matter how they die, they may have died with cancer, they may have died with TB meningitis like my son, they may have died with whatever sickness that was. How many of you know everybody will be raised up to the newness of life? Those who are Christians and believers. And we will all have glorified, immortal body just like what Jesus had when he was raised from the dead. That was, that's why he was walking through walls. He appeared in the upper room before his disciples with the doors locked and the windows closed. And he just appeared there because his body is not bound by space or time. That's the glorified body that we have. How many of you would like to have that glorified body someday? Amen. Praise God. That is what we will have in account. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord a hand. Glorification. This is the hope that we have. The reason why we do these things is not because it's an obligation. You have to go to church on Sunday. You have to give your tithes. You have to attend a small group. 
You know, those are things that we do to glorify God and to spread the gospel, to spread His good news because of what He has done for us. How are we to be sanctified? Number one, very quickly, is through the Word. Through the written Word of God. John chapter 17, verse 17 says, Sanctify them. Everybody say, Sanctify them. Sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. Jesus was praying. God, sanctify the disciples. That's why we always emphasize in our church, read the Bible. Read the Word. You know, buy the most expensive Bible you can buy because chances are if you bought it, you will read it. Don't just get the Bible from the hotel. Not sure if I, I'm not sure if I shared this story when I went to, did I share a story about the Bible I bought in the U.S.? Anyway, I'll just share it again. Uh, you know, when I was in Nashville, I, you know, I was looking, since we changed into ESV, I was looking for my own leather-bound, thin-line ESV Bible. So I was wanting to invest in that Bible. I said, you know, for years I've been using this beat-up NIV genuine leather Bible since back in the 90s. And so I said, I want to uh, invest. And so I went to Lifeway. I was going through this racks of Bibles. I mean, different versions of the Bible, different kinds, different study Bible, different kinds of leather. I mean, amazing. I was like in heaven. So I was going through this different racks of Bible. I was wanting to choose one Bible I can actually read and bring along with me every day. Uh, good enough, good-sized Bible that's leather that I can, you know, th- uh, not so thick, but thin line it is. So I finally found this black leather Bible sitting in the rack by itself, no other like it. And so I took it out, and I said, there's the Bible for me. I saw this ESV, thin line, red leather edition from Crossway, genuine leather, not bonded leather, but genuine leather. So I went to the counter, and I said, I'm going to pay for this already. And the counter, uh, the, 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 the woman on the counter just, you know, uh, uh, well, scanned through the barcode, and she was surprised about the price. It says there in the, uh, in the cashier, uh, a cash register, $5. Wow. I said, is this a mistake or what? And so she went to her manager, and she said, is this a mistake? Because it says in the Bible it's $5. And the manager said, no, that's right. Because it's the Bible that we, one of our staff ordered that we did not reorder. We just want to get rid of it. It was not even in the promotional Bible section. It was just in the regular racks. And I said, wow, Lord, thank you for providing a $5 ESV black genuine leather Bible. And so Pastor Ferdy, who was with me in that trip, also was looking for a Bible. So he went to the rack, saw this large print ESV, genuine leather Bible. And so he was also hoping. <laughs> he saw my transaction, $5. And he was saying, Lord, make it $10 only. <laughs> he gave the Bible to the girl. She scanned the Bible. Lo and behold, it's $130 Bible. <laughs> I said, praise the Lord.
The more I think about that story, the more I cherish my Bible. And the more I read it, the more I love it. Because I realize it was handpicked by God for me on that day. Sanctify them by the truth. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind through the washing of the water of the word. You know, there was an article that came out many years ago. This was back in 1980s. General Noriega, I'm not sure if you've heard of him. But he was known for, you know, uh, drugs, money. He was actually, you know, killing people in his country. And he got, he got to jail. They brought him to jail. And in that time in prison, he actually met God. Somebody brought him a Bible and he was starting to read the Bible. And he says... It was a call from him. I was a commander for a long time. People followed me. I knew what to do. But for the first time in my life, if I still get out, I don't know what to do. I know one thing though. I came to know the real and true commander. It's not about what I want to do, but about what he wants me to do. He got, you know, he got engaged with the Word of God. And the Word of God slowly transformed his life. He got out. He got saved actually in, uh, I think, about 2000 plus, before 2010. He had an encounter with God. Martin Luther actually said this, My conscience is taken captive by the Word of God. And as we read the Word daily, my challenge for us this morning is that may His Word constantly renew our minds, constantly change our habits, constantly change the way we view things. You know, through the written word of God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 in the ESV, it says, That he might sanctify her. Who is the her here? The church, that is us. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. It is the work of Jesus Christ in our hearts. Not just solely our work. The, the process of sanctification, I believe, is there is a work of the Holy Spirit in us. But at the same time, there is a cooperation coming from us. As we are continuing to obey the word, we are responding to the grace of God. How do we be sanctified? First is through God's word. And then secondly, through God's work. Philippians 2, 12-13 says, Work out. Everybody say, work out. Look at the person beside you. Tell that person, work out. In the gym, you need that. Anyway, work out your own salvation with what? Fear and trembling. For it is God who works in. Everybody say, work in. So it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So we're not, we're not working for salvation. We're working out our salvation because we've been saved already. Because God has worked in us so that we can work out. Are we getting it? If He did not work in, we can never work out. If He did not work in and we try to work our salvation, it's working for our salvation. But the fact that we have been justified in God working in us, continuing to work in us, we are working out our salvation with fear and trembling. So ultimately, it's still the work of God in our lives. In the CEV version, contemporary English version, it says, So work with fear and trembling to discover what it really means to be saved. 
God is working in you to make you willing and able to obey Him. What a nice version. God is working in us to make us willing to obey Him. Amen. And the reason why we are obeying God is not so that we can be accepted by Him. We've already been accepted. We've been justified, remember? We've been made right with God. We've been reconciled with Him. We have been, you know, we have been redeemed and you know, set free from the, the wrath of God. But we are daily working. You know, God is working in us so that we can actually will and we desire to obey Him. Another work or another thing, how do we do this, is to put to death the things or the misdeeds of the body. Romans 8, verse 13. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, what will happen? You will live. It's either you allow the sinful nature to overcome you, or you put to death. Everybody say, put to death. Put to death the misdeeds of the body. You know, some of the misdeeds of the body or some of the misdeeds of the flesh really is like unforgiveness, right? How many of you sometimes struggle with this thing, unforgiveness? You know, I was uh, watching yesterday a news, I think from CNN, about a girl who accidentally shot a former soldier while he was teaching her how to shoot an Uzi. Did you see that news? And the family of the former soldier, because he's already retired, and he went on to train civilians how to shoot. I think it's in Arizona. And it so happened at that particular time, he was teaching a young girl, a nine-year-old girl, how to shoot an Uzi for all, crying out loud. Anyway, I would have taught her how to shoot a pistol, but not an Uzi. What happened was because her hand slipped because of the big gun, it accidentally triggered and hit the instructor who was beside her. You know, an Uzi actually is like an automatic rifle. So he was shooting at the target, and then there's a recoil. It went to the left. The instructor was there. He died on the way to the hospital. The family, the kids were just so distraught. They were grieving for what happened. But the news came out yesterday, and they all actually went out on media, and they said, we're going to forgive this nine-year-old girl for what she did because she did not mean what happened to my dad. Five children reading a letter each, you know, honoring their father because they said, we don't want our father to be known last because he died of an Uzi accident. But he was a great man, and so they started honoring the father, and he, they started talking to the girl, we will not hold you accountable for what you have done to our father. We want you to grow up to be a normal girl and enjoy your life without any guilt for what happened to our dad. How many of you know that that is forgiveness happening there? Amen. And sometimes when you talk about forgiveness, it's the littlest things that it's hard to forgive. You did not show up in my appointment. How dare you? I will not forgive you for 20 years. You were late for 10 minutes, five years there. <laughs> Put to death the misdeeds of the body. And why do we have to be sanctified? I mean, why did Jesus have to put us here on earth instead of bringing us, you know, if his, if his ultimate desire is to save us and to be with Him forever, did that, you know, instantly we went to heaven. But why here? Because we have been set apart to have a relationship with here with him here on earth. 
we have been set apart so that we can also be a, a testimony and a witness to other people about God's work in our lives. Amen. You know, we need to show our faith by what we do. You know, faith without works is dead. Matthew 5 says, you know, uh, let your light shine before men so that they will honor and glorify your heavenly Father. As they are seeing the work of God in you, ultimately they're being attracted with the gospel because the gospel is constantly working in us. It's about our relationship. Everybody say our relationship. You know, when I got married 24 years ago to Shirley, you know, I, I can honestly say that I love her more today than yesterday. <laughs> than the day I married her. And we grew together. We're growing constantly in our walk. We're growing, growing constantly in our walk with, with each other, with the Lord. But sometimes I wonder why this woman that I married 24 years ago is starting to show some, show some changes. And how many of you, you know, have some changes in your physical body, in your emotion? You know, what used to be a, like a, a girl who's free-spirited now is suddenly more responsible. Very caring as a wife. You know, we had this time in, I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, we had a time in Melbourne, you know, because in Melbourne, you know, there's a lot of cafes there. We took the time in our free day to sit down and we said, let's just talk. You know, we have a time for our ministry, we have our time for our children, but now this is the time for you and me. We're almost celebrating 25 years next year. And so we're talking and we said, no holds barred. You can tell me what you want to tell me, I'll tell you what I want to tell you without even being offended. And I just ask a question. Love, help me understand why sometimes, you know, you can actually just be quick to being snappy. And, you know, I was expecting a answer that might not but she said this you know what love I know God is working in me but I can't really help it I hope you understand but I know you will never understand me as a middle aged woman going through these physiological changes in my body and so I was asking her love help me understand because I really don't and then she told me you know every single day as I read the word I asked the Lord to help me with this. And she showed me her journal on her iPad. How open she was before the Lord. And she said, God, help me. There's something that happens in me every single day. There's a struggle I want to obey. But there is a sanctifying work of God. And through your word, I know I'm going to be changed for your glory and as I saw that journal and I finally just understand Lord you've given me such a wonderful woman the reason why I can walk with her for 25 years almost is because I knew for a fact that God set us apart to be together for life the same way that God has set us apart as a church God wants us to 
to be like his bride. His bride that is coming back for one day. He's sanctifying that bride. We're not perfect. But yet he's asking that we stay the course to walk his ways, to read his word, and to allow his work to happen in our life and to change us for his glory so that one day when he finally appears when he finally appears in heaven there's gonna be a marriage between the church the bride and his lamb and the lamb of God it's gonna be a glorious wedding and we're gonna be just like him and I hope that in this journey of life we will be able to go and just submit every single day submit to his work in our lives and he is not done with us yet I want to end with this scripture as we worship the Lord 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 it says may God himself the God of peace sanctify you through and through may your whole spirit soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we just give the Lord praise this morning? Let's just honor the Lord. Can we all stand up right now? We hope you were inspired by that message. Watch out for Victory Worship's first original live album entitled Radical Love, released on iTunes and CD format. Download the Victory Alabang app for more updates. Thank you and stay connected.